Can't, you can't handle the truth. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Musk claims he's going to have a car that goes zero to 60 in one second. That's fast. That should not be available for the public. That should be a $2 million car. Probably will. That be. should be easy to um, carjack. Um, I'm so when those kids can go <laughs> zero to 60. Is it going to be electric, Joe? Uh, yeah. Uh, sorry for asking. Sorry. Uh, why don't you... hardware and garden stores. I was there yesterday to get some Dots pretzels. You nice. went to the hardware store for pretzels? That's the only place I thought they had them. Okay. Oh but I was God. informed that they are available in the grocery Actually, store. Actually, that's a, that's a far less irritating place to get them than yeah. a grocery Much store. Much easier. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. And they're idea. right at the checkout counter too. Yeah, yeah, right there. Actually, that's brilliant, Mister. And then Mayor. they had pistachios on sale for a buck twenty. So I got some of those. Oh, Did you pistachios. get yourself some fancy root beer? No, I was looking for a squeegee. They didn't have one, but I got the dots. What, what did I say? Noted. Did I bring up Fratelloni's? You did. You did. It brings you Garage Logic <laughs> Podcast number one thousand two hundred and fifty-five. Feb 28. Normally, this would be the last day of Feb, but we get an extra day this year. Not this year. Not this year. Feb 28, 2024, 57 degrees on this day in 1932, and 26 below on this day in 1962. Hail the flashlight, King! And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Chris Reavers manning Technology Corner, Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop, John Height in the newsroom, and of course, the rookie. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushir. We still don't know if this will go down as the record-breaking year without a winter. We're, uh, we're currently averaging 30 degrees, but in contention is the winter of 1877-78 with a winter average of 28.9, the uh, winter of 1930-31 with an average of 26.8, and the winter of 1881 82 with an average of 26. I think we have a good shot to break the record. Think so? I, I think this could be, it, it's something to say. You were alive when Minnesota, uh, in the short time cosmically that it's been keeping records, we, we've been alive now for the warmest winter on record. We're going to have to get quite a cold spell to lose out to 1877-78, but we could. It's still early. Because the earth is boiling. Is that what you're oh, saying? It's in She's terrible shape. Is yeah. there any ice left? Oh, there's some ice okay. around. Okay, all right. But this uh, snow that they uh, advertised so generously didn't really materialize in the Twin Cities. No, it did no. not. But I'm, I'm rooting for the record. All for and, the record, and, Mayo. And, and to get the record... We got to stay warm, and she's going to warm up again tomorrow. I saw this morning. I believe it was uh, the Cody Mats on the nine said we've had the highest number of fifty degree days in the winter season. That's Have great. you heard about Sunday? Seventy. Yeah. 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 All kinds of tops. I'm going to open down. up my garage door if it's a seventy. Me too. All kinds of tops will be down. Now I want to live a different <laughs> life. We've had this discussion before. 
I think but, he was talking uh, about convertibles, gentlemen. Oh, oh I got all right. Because oh. I was thinking I'd like to see some, too. Yes. For the not, It's not currently the number one red story in the Star Tribune. For quite some time, though, this morning it was. And uh, given all that's taking place, uh, you know, big shooting yesterday on Lindale and Elliott Avenue. One dead, one critical. One wounded, kind of a shootout, One thirty in the afternoon. Uh, guns flying, bullets flying. They guns must have been on fly. their lunch break, I bet. Uh, a siesta shootout. That's what it was. But but number one on the Star Tribune website, and I, I uh, find myself envying these people that were worried about it, is that uh, Kennethy, huh. a turkey known by several names, including Gregory Peck and Bachelor Turkey, uh, was spotted in the Kenny neighborhood, Minneapolis. Often spotted in the Kenny neighborhood, Minneapolis, which is uh, what? That's damn near Edina, isn't it? It's bordered on the west by Logan Avenue, on the east by Lindale, on the south by the Crosstown, and on the north by Fifty Fourth Street. Sure, it's over there in South Minneapolis. Yeah, the nice, um, fancy. Uh, well, I'm not going to say fancy. Uh, upper blue collar. Well, this turkey has died, apparently after being oh, no. struck by a vehicle. Oh! An evil gas-guzzling vehicle? And the turkey uh, was thought to have often directed traffic in the neighborhood. <laughs> uh, but he died Saturday by way of a vehicle. We have to get that in there again. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Kenny Neighborhood Association said they, have a, they, they got together, they put on their uniforms. They sent out flyers? A meeting. Maybe? Is and, there a GoFundMe? They, they confirmed the death of this uh, turkey. Yeah. And here again, for the third time, we're going to get the word vehicle. He met his fate with a vehicle at the corner of 56th and James. No humans were harmed. R.I.P. Gregory, they wrote. So sometimes he's called Gregory Peck. Sometimes he's called Kennethy. Sometimes he was called the Bachelor Turkey. Uh, Residents shared tributes. <laughs> What? Do you remember that one time off. when he shit on the sidewalk? Remember that? That was so fun. And then that little old lady slipped in it and down she went, broke a hip. I have God, news. that was great. I, I have news for these people coming up in a moment. Residents shared tributes to the turkey in the form of tearful emojis. What? And a memorial video of Kennethy rustling through leaves and crossing the street to the tune of Sarah McLaughlin's Angel. Jesus. Oh, my God. <laughs> we loved him dearly, and he brought us so much joy. Rest in peace, my feathered friend, one person wrote, who said that to them the turkey was James. See, another name. Another name. Wow. Another resident noted that the turkey usually used crosswalks. Okay. Did they, did they pick up the flag, too, the, the paint, orange flag to walk through the crosswalk? This was written by a reporter named Zoe Jackson. Oh, she's the, uh, she's come up before. She's a, is it a she? I believe so. A race and immigration reporter for the Star Tribune. She, she's a she. She previously covered St. Paul neighborhoods and young voters on the pol- politics team. I did not know that. I did not know Zoe was the, with the St. Paul paper. If Joe, you never saw I her did, in the office in the newsroom. We don't by. have, uh, we don't oh, yeah. have a building, Matt. That's right. We don't have a place. That's right. 
I didn't see anything about the fossil fuel vehicle then backing up and running it over again <laughs> just to make sure, sure right. that it was finally. Uh, Joe? Yes. The uh, online portion of this story yes. has comments. I'm sure it does. But they'd have, they did not allow comments on the shooting yesterday no. on Mm-mm. Franklin and Elliott. Well, people aren't concerned with that. Yeah. We're concerned about the turkey. Jay McLean 5439 says, My daughter and I called the turkey Kennethy because we weren't sure if it was a well, Kennedy or a Kenneth. All right, that's I, I, the easiest thing in the world to identify. Uh, male and female turkeys are really easy to we, identify. And we never saw it with other turkeys. We wondered if it left the its female flock. turkeys have a purse. Huh. Oh, sure. Easy identify. Let me let me let me not dwell on the turkey except to say I and I'm very serious when I say I envy the people whose minds are so empty that they <laughs> They See took the saying. time to comment about the turkey. I, I think I'm, I'm serious. I think that's. I wish I was there. How I far wish. down on the list is is that for you in your life? But, but and I hate to burst their bubble, but I want to. I want to offer them uh, some news. Mm-hmm. It could be breaking news. Uh, you people in the Kenny neighborhood. Uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but there are probably thousands of turkeys in the metro area. And there's really, there's a fighting chance that every time you saw a turkey, it was a different one. Every time you saw a turkey in your neighborhood, it quite likely was a different turkey. So that to think you've pinned a name on this, and it was the same turkey every time, uh, five will get you ten that uh, uh, two days previously, that turkey was in the Mac Groveland neighborhood of St. Paul. Right. And then, and then it was up in Champlin, and then a new turkey moved in. These are different turkeys, people. That's right. Yeah, These everything. turkeys are all over the place. You're tempted to think there's only 10, because when you see them, there's usually 10. Well, they look alike. And they, they uh, seem to hang out together. But I, I have learned through observation that there are many groups of turkeys. I don't know what a number of turkeys you, uh, is called, a gaggle? You, I think it's a you gaggle. consider yourself a turkey expert. I'm quite familiar I'm, with them. I'm uh, learning things from you. Thank you. Quite familiar <laughs> with them. And I, and the, I think the moral is don't bother to name them because you, you're, you're, you don't even know which one you're looking at. Mm. They're, 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 they're different. They they tend to be different. Well, wild turkeys are also known as run of turkeys. A run. Okay. The wild males and females have also have a, group, a different group name. A group of male wild turkeys is called a posse, while a group of female wild turkeys is known as a polt. P o u l t. I see. Should it be the other way around? Uh, Kelsey <laughs> found, Kelsey I'm, was, I'm also seeing rafter. As, thank as you, Kenny. Thank you, Kenny. Kelsey was. I got uh, it. I got it. Yeah. Kelsey walked through a park and he saw a neat sign. Since nobody reads five thousand page bills anyway, let's slip in term limits. But I like that. I think we should. Cheese lovers thirty six says we loved this turkey so much and called him Torben. He what made us hell? laugh, and we looked forward wow, to seeing him on our walks every day. Rest in peace to our feathered friend. The neighborhood will miss you. I got they... news for you, you suckers. You were looking at a different turkey every time. Well, as Rook pointed out, they look similar. Yeah. But when they got together at the memorial, why didn't they figure out this one calls it Toby, this one calls it Jack, this one calls it Kenny? 
<laughs> Why didn't they say, no, let's figure out in the name? Everybody in Gumption County goes to the mayor and the fireworks commissioner, Joe Suchere, for any kind of information whatsoever what do you got? on all creatures, okay. big and small, and walking and flying. And I'm and, there usually holding court. And even if he's <laughs> occupied, <laughs> yes, he, he will listen court. intently that, to your request. I'm usually with that holding funny court Elmer, at the bar at the Mac Hardware and Lounge. With that funny Elmer Fudd hat. Yeah, I got my hat on. <laughs> Flaps down. Uh, if I buried Marion Ross prematurely, I apologize. We all thought that I said she died. We all thought we were off the air. Uh, Kent Schilling notes, fact-based, Marion Ross is still alive. She's 95 years old. She was born October 25, 1929 in Watertown, Minnesota. I don't know why I, I don't know when I might have uh, incorrectly stated that she passed on. Uh, and I apologize if... You were offended. Okay, Mrs. C is still uh, still at it. She's still with us. We uh, we actually brought that up the other day because I think Chris was talking about Watertown. Yeah, I mentioned that we were in Watertown for a basketball yeah. tournament over yeah. the weekend. And I said, did you guys know Marion Ross is from Watertown? So maybe that was fresh in your head. I thought we were talking about Fonzie helping uh, Mrs. C unclog the pipes, so to speak. Well, we, she, uh, she moved around Waconia, Wilmer. Albert Lee, <laughs> McPhail Center for the uh, Music, Southwest High School. Joe, these kind of topics are the topics you need to grasp in order to free your mind See? of the, the heavy burden of what's going on in this country. What did Mrs. Mr. C do for a living? Hardware. Hmm. Do you remember when he saw the stripper and, uh, and um, what's yeah. his name? He might Richie, be taking Richie it too was far. there too. No more. The stripper's name was Bubbles McCoy. I'll never forget it. <laughs> no, he was in town. I became a man that day. <laughs> <laughs> so a turkey's dead, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Johnny Fargo in Dallas has a litmus test for me. Here's the litmus test to check to see if someone has Trump derangement syndrome. Okay. Oh, Ask yourself this question. Would any of the legal cases Trump is currently dealing with be brought against him if he were not running for president? If your answer to this question is yes, you have Trump derangement syndrome. Seems to be a little bit stacked there, his test, doesn't if it? You're, if your answer to this question is no, then you are a sane person who understands that the problem is not Trump and that the problem is the system. And yes, indeed, the reckoning is coming. Johnny Fargo, about 25 miles south of Dallas. Hmm. I, I got to think some of the cases, I, I think that the gal that uh, sued him for rape, I don't think she would have sued him had he not been, uh, had become so famous. Okay. But. Because she can't even remember when that happened. Right. Was that the porn star? No, no that's no, a, different a different case. case. Oh, okay. Yeah. That one, that one, you know, probably is true. Well, not probably. It pretty much has been proven true. Yeah. The porn star one. But the case involving the inflated real estate market, you guys have got to admit that that is such a bogus. Everything have, about that. I've is, seen several breakdowns on both sides. So Right. But f basically, the governor of New York just told all the people in real estate, don't worry, we're not going to hold you to that same standard. Well, you're just completely telling the American public 
Oh, really? He said, really? Yes. She, she, that's not the word she used, Chris. When you said it on the other day, I was going to correct you. But, but John, I have <laughs> talked to other people in the real estate business I, but, but that all have said the same thing. Then what did she say, John? I'll find the quote for you. All right. Um, uh, as it, for documents taken said, from if the you didn't do anything bad, you won't be prosecuted, basically. Well, isn't that kind of what I just isn't said? Isn't inflating no. real estate values, isn't that a, a part of the American it's way? It's common practice. That's, that's <laughs> right. what we all do, yeah. especially when we list our house. Well, great. I'm going to start backing up every crime we talk about then, if you guys don't mind. Uh, as for the documents uh, taken from the White House, way. they both uh, have done that. I think that the difference is that Biden probably didn't know that they were taken. Well, I would like, the difference is Trump wouldn't give them back right, when they asked for right. them back. I would also like to know what prior presidents did they take? Did this just become a Trump thing, or does Barack Obama, does did Ronald Reagan, did George Bush? I don't know. All I can tell you is that I would not take any for a very simple reason. <laughs> I don't want any don't, stuff. Yeah, I don't. Just take them. Take them. You need more stuff, stuff in your garage? Do you I don't need any more stuff. Would I'm you, trying to get rid of stuff. Right, right. Would you like listeners to bring you stuff? No. Let's drop it, it off. What the hell did Angie send? There's a giant know. cardboard box. There's, no, there's there. two giant cardboard boxes. Come on, boxes. Angie, knock it off. <laughs> no one's even opened them yet. Right. Let's go right to the track. We probably should. Don't put any money in them. See what's in there. Unless right. it's the pretzels. Oh, I, yeah. had, I, pretzels have, I, have a, I have an email today. I'm not going to get to it right now. But I'm just setting it up. Oh, your little tease. He here. doesn't want to be mentioned. I don't know why, because it's a brilliant, brilliant piece. And I'm going to congratulate this fellow uh, for getting an A plus in his studies at the University of Garage Logic. And it's, I think it's going to turn a lot of uh, turn a lot of what we talk about around. It clarifies a lot of what we talk about, and I think he makes a great deal of sense, and I want you to stay tuned for that. May I ask a question? Yes. If he got an A-plus in Garage Logic, are we grading on a curve? I have no idea. Meaning, I, I are the four of us in trouble? I never understood yeah. the whole curve thing, so I don't want to go into it. Got it. I don't understand it. Do you want me to explain it to you? No, I don't. Okay. Uh, <laughs> last night... I, I, I always check uh, every night to see if I left any lights on anywhere. Mm -hmm. So I go out to the garage. She had left the big garage door open. Oh, uh, you don't oh. tell me. Seriously? Oh. Yeah, and the, oh. and the heater was running, even though it was set at its uh, oh. maximum low. And was, uh, it, was there just steam <laughs> rising from and, the... Uh... And I thought, oh, my word. And, but luckily for me, the garage door worked. Uh, had it not, I would have had to run to my contacts and called Precision Door. Yeah. And uh, Precision Door of the Twin Cities in western Wisconsin. Uh, they don't charge more for weekend visits, and presumably they wouldn't charge more for the uh, the, the call at 11 o'clock at night, huh? Right. Uh, they do everything. They do the rollers, the springs, the openers. They'll even help you select a new door and install the new door. They will do it expertly. And they usually have all the parts they need in the truck, so you don't have to sit there and twiddle your thumbs while they have to run back to the shop. They're trying to eliminate that aspect of the industry and carry everything with them because they want to get the job done on the first visit with you. Uh, it's, a, it's a GL guy, but you get the whole family. It's a GL business 
but the whole family is involved at precisiondoormn.com. That's precisiondoormn.com. Or you can call them at 612-263-6985. Nine rounds of golf for $90? Yep. The Minnesota Golf Passport is back and available now at garagelogic.com. As a golf passport card holder, you're entitled to nine 18 whole rounds of golf for just one low price of $90. Supplies are limited, so just go to garagelogic.com and type keyword passport. A $300 golf value for just 90 bucks? Now you got it. Garagelogic.com, keyword passport. The earth is not your mother. The Joe Souchere Show. Imagine this, you run a business and you want your commercial space to look wonderful. And you've got carpet that people trample in and out all year. Well, then you might want to call Zero Res to get your commercial cleaning estimate. Yes, the pros at Zero Res can Zero Resify your business. And they're professionals just like you are. So I'll give you their phone number a little bit. But if you're also residential, February is the month of love, and we're winding down. Right now, you got a couple days to get this special, the Rookie Love Your Rug special. Zero Res has over 17,000 Google reviews and a 4.9 rating. Let me get back to the special. You're going to get three rooms zero resified starting at just $119. They're going to throw in a free hallway. And this month, take $75 off when you get your Air Ducts Zero Res clean. They really, really want to help you commercial and you residential people have nice, fresh-smelling, clean carpet. So call today, 952-Z-E-R-O-R-E-Z. You can go online at the website, zeroresminnesota.com, and let them know that you want the Rookie Love Your Rug special. 952-Z-E-R-O-R-E-Z, spelled forward or backward. You spell it the same way, Zero Res. Remember this name, Thomas Dunn. Okay. Okay. 76 years old. I still remember it. <laughs> Fought two tours in Vietnam as a Marine. Served in the Minnesota National Guard and the Wisconsin Army Reserves. He was born in Ireland. Lived in the south side of Chicago after having come to this country at the age of two. Okay. Delivered the Chicago Tribune as a paper boy. Love that. Good start. Lived in Minnesota for about 15 years with his wife, and he and his wife went for a walk in Harriet Island at the Harriet Island Regional Park uh, on January 28th. We had a mild winter. You could have walked on January 28th. And uh, three youths was, were near him as he and his wife were getting back into the car. Okay. And one of the youths... Uh, however many feet away or yards away, but took a leak outdoors into the pond. And this troubled him, apparently. So he, he got out, he took his phone and took a picture. Now, presumably he was going to maybe send it to his city council representative or write a letter to the editor. But this uh, this put him off his feed to see such ungracious yeah. Yeah, behavior. Same. And the uh, the kid taking a leak... Uh, and his two buddies walked over to him and punched him, and he just died. He died yesterday. That's tragic. 
They punched do we have in the, the eye. Do we have the kids? They were 17. Oh, my God. Uh, Don't give me that minor bullshit either. It was... Uh, one of them threw and landed a punch, knocking Dunn to the ground, according to a January 30 juvenile petition charge. It was a Rosemount teen charged with first-degree assault, causing great bodily harm. Uh, they got to the hospital, and they did emergency surgery for traumatic damage to his right eye. He had several fractures to both eyes and his nose. He did get to leave the hospital the next day. But then he had follow-up visits with an eye doctor at the VA in Minneapolis, his wife said. He came down with a high fever on Feb 4 and was taken by ambulance back to regions where he was bouncing from progressing to ICU. He went unresponsive at one point, and they had to intubate him. He died just after midnight Friday, last Friday. A spokesman for the Ramsey County Attorney's Office said any new evidence presented by police will be reviewed and considered for additional charges. But that's uh, not a uh, this what fellow time? this deserved uh, this fellow deserved a better death than that. What time was this roughly? Five p.m. on January twenty eighth on Harriet Island. Okay, and a Rosemount teen. Yeah. One of the three was a Rose. I guess the one who landed the punch was from Rosemount. I don't know why they were in Harriet. Right, that seems odd. Okay, Harriet Park. Uh, I just thought I'd mention that because uh, well, the one crisis we have in this country is behavior. That is that is the most pressing. pressing and the moral crisis. here is uh, again, I don't know why he was taking a picture. It, it strikes me that he was. Uh, a guy that would have expected some civic behavior of people. And uh, he wasn't seeing it, so he took a picture. I don't know what he intended to do with that. But uh, you know what the moral of the story is now? Don't do that. Don't take a picture. Well, this is These well, feral youth are not to be trusted. This is why I, I said this the other day. We just... Unfortunately, you just got to keep your mouth shut. You got to keep your head down. You have to, you have to do the opposite of what we do at GL. You have to look the other way when crime is occurring. Mm -hmm. It's the same as watching when you mentioned you were in a, uh, I don't know, a drugstore or something. Walgreens. Walgreens, and you watch some crime happening, Joe. Mm -hmm. You know, we're at, we have to look the other way, which is just, to me, that's obscene. Mm -hmm. Uh, just a shame. The guy was a, uh, an upstanding guy, and uh, there he went. <clears throat> now, Brian, I too. promised you this email. It's going to enlighten us all. Okay, good. Uh, I have wrestled. I have wrestled with, and I, I, I wish I would have come up with this because I think this fellow's on the right track. I have wrestled with this seeming obsession the country has with gender identity. I, I've wondered why this emphasis, particularly as it might pertain to children, you know, oh, Johnny wants to play with a purse, let's quick get him a sex change operation. That's insanity to me. Yeah. And then and then all the way up to adulthood where the uh, this precious uh, silly person in Virginia walks out of the legislature 
because uh, Winsome Earl Sears said the word sir. Uh, Scott from Intergrove reminded me that, oh, you know, look at her marine record. She probably had the word sir beaten into her brain for however many oh, years she was point. with the Marines, you yeah. know. And, and, what, what, and, and here's the email. Now, he doesn't want to be mentioned. I recognize the name from previous emails. You ready? This is pretty good stuff. Yeah. I believe we're at a point in history where gender differences are now viewed as the last bastion of the patriarchal power differential. To obfuscate gender and blur the lines between men and women is seen as the way to neutralize this imbalance. In this line of thinking, it has become unpopular to recognize, let alone celebrate, the differences between the sexes. Saying only women get pregnant leads to control and subjugation. So including men in the mix evens the playing field. And allowing transgender athletes to play in a league where they can unfairly dominate is fine, as it suggests there is no gender distinction to begin with. Mm -hmm. The point seems to be to make our society asexual. Why? Because then there can no longer be patriarchy if there is no such thing as a patriarch. Wow. That's it. Yeah, that's... That's it. Yes. That's what's happening. Now, in our own clumsy way, we we stumble across it dozens of times a year. Uh, Emily Larson, the former mayor of Duluth, wishing to rid Duluth of the use of the word chief. Well, part of it had to do with she is the type that would have been predisposed to not honor authority because authority is patriarchal. Uh, we come across it all the time. The, uh, this, the push for equity, if you stop to look at it, is a push against patriarchy. It's a push against merit. If there's no patriarchy, there can be no merit. This, this, it is a fellow. I can identify him as a fellow. I think he's right on the money. The, uh, it's been called different things in the last 10 years, you know, the uh, feminization of men in America, and it's had other titles. But that's, I think, at the very, it's a really fundamental building block of the mystery, is that the elimination and the change in behavior of males goes a long way to the elimination of patriarchy. You have the Mysterians in this country who already have made it perfectly clear to us that they don't trust anything the founding fathers did. Mm -hmm. They think they founded a flawed country. They think the Constitution is flawed. Why? Because it was written only by white males. Right. Patriarchy. They want to undo it. They don't want it in this country. And that in the new country they intend to invent after they've wrecked this one would have no patriarchy. Mm. Yes, you and the So do you, how do you suppose they um, arrived at this conclusion? Do you Who's think they? there was, well, whoever's, whoever's come up with this theory of what the emailer said, I mean... Is this a collective group think? 
thing? Uh, I, I think. How did we get here? And I, why? I, is, I think organically. I, I think given given the constant degradation of the failed academy and uh, political failures and what have you, I think we're seeing. Uh, uh, the collective realization that at the root of our problem, our being Mysterians, is that we're constantly ha- up against the rules and laws that have been established in this country. We don't like them. Uh, Mary Moriality, for example, would be a woman, I would think, seriously opposed to patriarchy. Because yep. that's where laws yep. stem from. And therefore, they believe the laws are merely an affectation. They, mer- they merely believe the laws are something that have been invented out of whole cloth, which uh, on their part completely dismisses uh, any acknowledgement or recognition, for example, of the Ten Commandments from which many laws spring. Hmm. So, the, so patriarchy would be the elimination or, at the very least, the complete equalization of men and women in all things. It wasn't enough to get equal pay. It, that's not enough. We have to have equal births, which is false. Men cannot give birth, but they say they can and they'll find a male every once in a while who will volunteer to somehow get himself impregnated and have a baby. Do you think this is a concerted effort to attack Christianity? I definitely think that's part of it. I because there is think a, that's part of it. There is an attack right now going on on Christianity with this Christian nationalism nonsense that uh, the left is preaching constantly that um, conservatives and Christian conservatives believe that the country is based on Christian values. There's a great big difference between Christianity and Christian nationalism. I, oh, I'm I agree. a Christian, but I'm not a Christian nationalist. And, and a lot of people are saying that's just a clever way of calling you a Nazi. Christian nationalism is the belief that only Christians should rule. Right, and that's what they say the United States and the Constitution, Bill of Rights, etc., is based on. And that's wrong. That's not what the founders believed. The founders believed uh, in God, and they believed your rights came from God. That, In other words, that man, no matter what your religion is, he is not the creator of your freedom. Your freedom is an inalienable right. And we're enshrining your inalienable rights in this document we're crafting in this impossibly uh, unair-conditioned hotel room in Philadelphia. (laughs) We're sitting here and our wigs are leaking, sweat. But we're, it had nothing to do with Christian nationalism, nor should anyone embrace Christian nationalism. That's a bunch of B. That's that's Hitler. Yeah. Uh, I, well, that's, that's what they're. That is what they're accusing Christians of. Uh, the left right now. This I've been reading about it more and more in yeah. the last two weeks. You know, and it's uh, Christians under attack and um, being called Christian nationalists. Right, and which John? is why I've said part of my objection to Trump is that I don't trust him as far as I could throw him, and he would adopt Christian nationalism if it thought if he thought it could help him. <laughs> 
Mike Johnson, though, isn't helping this. The House Speaker, yeah. the fellow who says that's not what Jefferson meant. Bull-loney. I know. I understand it, and I agree with you. But Mike Johnson has kind of pushed that narrative, which is why it's becoming such a big deal now. Mike Johnson is an idiot. Well, jeez. Okay, Joe, that was Joe, not me. <laughs> well, look, the problems this country has on the left are as dramatic as this prob- country has problems on the right. Mm-hmm. Vote early, vote off. That's why I have nobody to vote for. <laughs> it's amendment number one in the Bill of Rights. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof that's what they fled <laughs> they left that behind to get on some leaky piece of crap boat rat and infested. hope they ended up over here yeah yeah that's what they it's, left behind. it's number one yeah. it's number one who was the per who was the rookie on the boat that just kept going are we there yet they had to have a rookie on the boat hey right. cookie what's for lunch today more fish? <laughs> Anybody see land yet? No? The other part that Trump would embrace in a heartbeat is if he thought he could get any money out of it. You true, know, true. Because the people who fled England, they were sick of tithing. Are you s- suggesting the Church of Trump? The Church of Trump, and you have to... Uh, Think of the sneakers we could sell. You have to tithe. You have to tithe. You, it's not enough to pay taxes. You have to tithe to Trump. Is oh. he going to turn Mar-a-Lago and into a probably, religious you know retreat? What? He'll probably start wearing vestments. Yes, vestments. <laughs> uh, I love this. I'm going to repeat it uh, from this emailer. Hi, Joe. I believe we're at a point in history where gender differences, because we've, I, I we all have. We've all wondered what, what's, you know, we've all wondered what's going on. What's going on? What the hell's going, what's going on, going on, here? on? Where's that turkey? I believe we're at a point <laughs> in history where gender differences are now viewed as the last bastion of the patriarchal, patriarchal power differential. Let's stop right there. It very well could be the last bastion because so many other aspects of patriarchal power have been knocked off the pedestal, including following the law, including following the law. I don't know how that can be. To obfuscate gender and blur the lines between men and women is seen as the way to neutralize the imbalance. In this line of thinking, it has become unpopular to recognize, let alone celebrate, the differences between the sexes. Saying only women get pregnant leads to control and subjugation. So including men in the mix evens the playing field. And allowing transgender athletes to play in a league where they can unfairly dominate is fine. As it suggests, there is no gender distinction to begin with. Let me stop again. What the failed academy has signed on for is exactly that. They are willing to suggest there is no gender distinction. The high school basketball coach yesterday in Vermont, who had his team disqualified from all postseason tournaments because he forfeited a game in which a transgender played for the other team. The authorities... The people in charge are basically telling him there is no gender distinction. Wow! Finally, does, the, does the emperor have no clothes? Is finally, this what it is? Finally, he concludes, the point seems to be making our society asexual. 
Why? Because then there can no longer be a patriarchy if there is no such thing as a patriarch. That's, thank you, sir. You know who you are. I, I think he's right. right. I, I think he's absolutely right. You're welcome, Reeves. Reeves you're, I said you're welcome. You, if, if you wrote this, <laughs> I would be so happy. No, you'd be dismissive if it came from no, one of us. No, if it came to you, I would be so happy. I wouldn't know what to do. I wouldn't know what to do. Hey, you're right, Chris. There's been times where we've said something and he completely poo-poos it. But, but then, then an then, emailer will send it in. And, and he's and like, oh, my God, this guy's brilliant. Have this any guy's... of you, I'm showing his name. Have any of you ever come up with this? Oh, no. Thank that, you, Matt. Pensive. Matt, you're being honest. Way too pensive. It's not pensive. It's that's the wrong word. It's, uh, the, the, you know, it's the thing. <laughs> you putting it on? You got to put the water on the ink. Huh? <laughs> paper yeah. to paper to pen. That's right, Matt. Why do Why do they think that everybody has to care? That, that that's my question. And an emailer posed it to me about six months ago. I don't care what they do. Just stop making me part of the movement. I don't care what you do. Stop forcing yourself on me. Yep. I don't. Leave I don't force my nonsense. Alone. I'm not forcing vintage sleds on y'all. Well, why are you? You we, know, we, leave me alone. We said that yesterday concerning Danica Rome, the trans Virginia legislator. You're a state legislator. Could there be any more example of that? You are a functioning part of functioning society. What the hell do you want? Shut the hell up and act like an adult. Right. Yeah. And yeah. and if Winsome uh, Earl Sale, whatever the hell her name is, offended you, not only is that too bleeping bad, but take care of it on the moment and say, uh, uh, Lieutenant uh, Governor, would you please refer to me as she? Because that's what I am. And then Winsome would have to say, yeah, okay, she. And, and but get it over with. You're here. You're among us, and you're right. acting. You have jobs. Quit. You're not special. But this is the movement. The movement is we will we will carry on and act like this until we win. Your little bubble is not the concern of the rest of us. Unfortunately, it's it's getting to be a bigger and bigger bubble as as the as the mystery continues to make inroads in in many aspects of life. Why don't we take a small time out, huh? Boy, after all of that uplifting news, I need to cool down with some ice-cold water. Hey. Courtesy of my friends at Hofferman Water and Connecticut. If you're in the market, then get on that schedule right now for that free water analysis today. Have them come out and test the water and see what you might be in the market for. 612-895-2440. You can also visit their website, which is HoffermanWater.com. They offer sales, service, and rental options, by the way, for Connecticut water treatment systems, including water softeners, iron rust, and odor filtration systems, and, of course, drinking water systems. I've had two systems installed in my home. It's made an amazing difference in the quality of my water, and it can do so many things that other water softeners just simply cannot do. So check them out online today or just give them a call. 612-895-2440 and have them come out. I've been a proud customer of Connecticut and Hofferman for years, and I know that you will be as well. Hofferman Water has been proudly serving the state of Minnesota for over 50 years. Please do me a favor and mention you heard about it on the Garage Logic podcast. As an example, the least diverse city council in America is the St. Paul City Council. 
all women of approximately the same age, same ideology. <laughs> that's, not, that's not how it's being sold. No, no males whatsoever. It's the least diverse city council. <laughs> Wait a second. It is, even though it's advertised as the most diverse. There's, there's nothing diverse about it. <laughs> and, and they're pleased because they represent anti-patriarchy. Hmm. There you have it. Woo. Does advertising on Garage Logic work? Listen to what Pete Arnold from HirePro has to say. My results advertising with Garage Logic have been absolutely outstanding. Jellers understand my business and what we do and how Joe vets anyone that advertises on here. That level of validation and trust has helped me with a 6 to 1 ROI for my commercial spend. This group is amazing, and using Garage Logic for your company's advertising will generate results. If you'd like to get results for your business, visit garagelogic.com and enter keyword partner. That's garagelogic.com, keyword partner. Not a Garage Logic town council member. Here's what you're missing. Council members, we have the ultimate practical joke to play on your, your significant other, your buddy, your brother, your friend, whatever. Go to the store, the music store, buy a cheap harmonica, and then get some zip ties and zip tie that harmonica on the undercarriage of the person's vehicle. Oh, sweet wow. Jesus. Yeah. You got to make sure the mouthpiece part is facing forward <laughs> and you get up to speed. <laughs> and that thing starts singing, and it will drive them crazy. You should have done this to Joe. I know. I sent it to him. I was so excited that I sent it to Suits right away, and then I'm going, oh, damn it, I should have sent it to Paul. <laughs> Go behind the scenes of Garage Logic with unfiltered audio and video access, invites to exclusive events, an emailed newsletter from the mayor himself, and more by signing up at garagelogic.com. Truth, Justice, and the Suture. So Charlie sent an email um, inspired by, by uh, me talking about Seafoam Trans Tune. He sent uh, this uh, today. Charlie writes, on cold snaps, really cold snaps, my snowplow would freeze up. I'd change the fluid yearly as directed, but it never failed on sub-zero nights. It would just stop working. Four years ago, I came across a suggestion on a forum to add seafoam transtune to the reservoir to free up the system. And guess what? It worked. Now I'm proactive and give the system a healthy gulp at the yearly fluid change, and it's never froze up again. One of the great seafoam products on the shelf that never runs out in my shop. And Charlie made me realize I need to try seafoam transtune in my plow truck because my issue with the tranny is that the temp, the tranny temp, temp really jumps up when I'm plowing. And I mean way up, so much that it's hotter than the engine temp, and that's not good. So if we ever get any plowable snow, I'll um, I'll dump some in, I'll find out and get back to you. Transtune, it is a miracle drug for our rides. We can use it in our vehicles. It'll help the transmission shifting as it's, it should. It, it's a miracle in many ways, as uh, witnessed by Charlie's email. The Transtune, just like the Deep Creep, the top engine cleaner, all of it available for purchase almost everywhere. Our own lo local company uh, with a global reach and a true miracle in a world of bad gas, Seafoam. Here's Mr. John Height. 
Thank you, Joe. This update brought to you by North American Banking Company. Thousands of people from across the state today honoring the first three responders killed in Burnsville earlier this month. Police officers Paul Elmstrand and Matthew Ruge, as well as firefighter paramedic Adam Finseth, remembered during a public memorial service at Grace Lutheran Church, at Grace, excuse me, Grace Church in Eden Prairie. Elmstrand, Ruge, and Finseth were fatally shot responding to a report of a sexual assault on the morning of Sunday, February 18th. The suspect later found dead from a self inflicted gunshot wound. Preps for the 11 a.m. service began early this morning as thousands of firefighters, paramedics, and law enforcement were expected for the service with vehicles lined up outside the church. The church filled up quickly. There was overflow at Prince of Peace Lutheran Church in Burnsville where they live streamed the service. That church about 20 minutes away from Grace Church. The procession will be starting later. Um, the service is still going on right now, um, but when it starts... It'll uh, originate there in Eden Prairie. Go eastbound Pioneer Trail all the way over to 169, then south 69 to eastbound Highway 13, uh, and then Highway 13 into Burnsville to the other side of 35W, and then south down to, uh, I believe, County 42. It's going to be quite the long procession. And uh, they're already lining up at intersections. Um, spectators. Are. And keep, keeping the two deceased coppers in mind and the deceased firefighter paramedic, what is defund the police movements and what is the opposition to police and what is opposition to prosecution uh, the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, if not a rejection of patriarchy? Yeah. I just tweeted out a pretty moving pic of... Um, the motorcade going by St. Thomas Academy with the uh, cadets out there in the cold with their uh, full What the hell are they doing way over there? So, is one of them a graduate? I don't On know. the way over went, this yeah, morning? This, this morning, yeah. This yeah, this because morning. there were also long lines of law enforcement coming from all over the state. And we're not, we're talking more, departments would send many, many officers. Yeah. So it's yeah. going to be Whoever's a long. Whoever's off that day is probably going. Yeah, it's going to be a yeah. long procession. They did say they expected thousands. Of- and you got to hope that, you know, I I really hope that people like Mary would take it to heart when she sees the turnout for the procession well, today. That's, that's I'm believing really she doesn't have a heart. But that's a really good point. Look at look at what you're told on the news, how everybody wants to defund the police, and look at three fallen souls here are being celebrated statewide, if not yeah. Uh, region wide. Uh, yeah, I want to see. I want her to see the turnout of the public. That's the real. That's real. Yeah, the public. And, yep. and boy, did that chaplain John Morris. Yes. Yesterday, a great line. We didn't give it enough attention. He had a great line in his remarks about uh, Ryan Londergren. Uh, has it come to the point where these guys are in trouble, having turned in their best days? Yeah. Mm. Oof. I mean, you do you know your best day would be to take out a bad guy if that if it's, that's what it came to, and that's and you're now in trouble. You want to hear a quote from the service? Sure. I'll, I'll, I don't know if I can get through this. The truest heroes don't choose to die; they choose to live a life where facing death is a possibility, driven by the love that compels them to protect others. It's a nice line. Jeez. Who, who gave that? The people? The, somebody at the memorial. The yeah. celebrant, maybe? Wow. Yeah. 
A man is dead, three other people injured after a shooting in South Minneapolis Tuesday afternoon. Police uh, say that shooting happened between an alley and a sidewalk near the intersection of the 800 block of East Franklin Avenue and Chicago Avenue just before 1.30 in the afternoon. Investigators think there were multiple shooters involved, but they did not clarify exactly how many. Arriving officers found three victims, one of whom was a 34-year-old man with a gunshot wound who was pronounced dead at the scene. Another victim, a 37-year-old man, was suffering from an apparent life-threatening gunshot wound. First responders took life-saving measures, and the man was reportedly stabilized after being taken to the hospital. And a 37-year-old woman suffered a non-life-threatening gunshot wound taken to the hospital. While officers were on the scene, they learned a 31-year-old man reportedly self-transported to the hospital, also with a non-life-threatening gunshot wound. Chief Police Chief Brian O'Hara spoke to reporters at the scene, noted there are recurrent crimes at the intersection. It's been historically driven by narcotic sales. Yeah. During during the news conference, Chief O'Hara also referenced another shooting in August in the same area at the same location that left five teenagers and three adults injured. Some concert news. Bob Dylan will be making an appearance close to the Twin Cities this summer. He hasn't played in the Twin Cities in over five years. He'll be on the Outlaw Music Festival stop that's been announced for Somerset, Wisconsin in September. Festival headliners for 2024 are Willie Nelson and family and Dylan. Other hacks, uh, other acts very good. <laughs> yeah, Freudian slip there. Slip. What do you say? Other, other acts? Other hacks. Other hacks, hacks I said. <laughs> other acts vary by date. In the Somerset concert, uh, not only will there be Dylan and Willie Nelson, There'll also be John Mellencamp and the band Southern Avenue. Tickets for the September 6th show go on sale March 1st. The pre-sale code is available for people who sign up with their email on the festival website. Uh, this whole festival debuted back in 2016, and Nelson has helped develop into a touring franchise. Uh, some of the artists who have been part of the tour over the past few years include... Chris Stapleton, Neil Young, Luke Combs, Van Morrison, Los Lobos, ZZ Top, Bonnie Raitt, Cheryl Crow, and Minnesota Bluegrass Band Trampled by Turtles. Willie is now 90. Yeah. He's 90. Now, a serious question. Is he sitting when he's playing now, I wonder? Yes, he usually. Is. He is. I've right. seen some video from the last few years where he sits and uh, for most of the show because he does a like a round table, a guitar pull, it's called basically, where right. people just trade songs back and forth. All so. Right. Is it always on your mind? Yeah. Okay. The uh, State Fair has announced another act. I got it right. For this year's grandstand entertainment lineup, uh, the fair announced the Happy Together Tour is back again. I think that's about five years in a row. The always it? available <laughs> Happy Together Tour. It sells the, well, though, doesn't it? Yeah, it fun. does really well, yeah. The Turtles, Jane the Americans, the Association, the Vogues, the Councils, and Badfinger will be part of this year's. Whoever's uh, left, huh? Yeah, they just August put them all into one 26. group. <laughs> Uh, tickets for the show go on sale at 10 in the morning, March 1st. Last year, the Happy Together Tour performed, um, featuring many of the same groups at the fair. The performance is the fourth grandstand show to be announced so far. Late last month, fair officials announced comedian Nate Bargazzi will perform August 24th, rock band Motley Crue August 29th, and Kids Bop Live announced for the final grandstand show of this year's fair, which runs from August 22nd through September 2nd. Cow Seals had one great song. Uh, something about in the park. The rain, the park, and other things. I, I love that song for some reason. Okay. Now, who was the gal? Who was the, who was the actress that was, weren't they a TV show? Joan Collins. Uh, they, they were not a TV show, but the Partridge family was based that's on what I'm the Cows. That's the Cows were an actual family. Susan was the girl you're thinking of. And they actually, 
Uh, they actually went on to do some alternative rock in the 90s and 2000 that was pretty good. Uh, one of them we lost in uh, at Katrina. Uh, they found his body. After Boy, I, I didn't know we'd get council information from John, but we did. Wasn't yeah, Ruben they, their manager in real life? No, uh, he was He was not, Rug. Okay. But the Partridge Family television show, that was based on the band The Cow Sills. Yeah, that, cool yeah loosely. Very loosely, yeah, but yes. Yeah, very, right. very, very loosely. Uh, why don't we take a break, and then we'll come back and talk about the turtles. Let's hear to see what Rook I like turtles. From like turtles to Minnesota Masonic. I'll tell you about Minnesota Masonic Charities online at minnesotamasoniccharities.org, and I'll do exactly what I've asked you to do this month. Uh, go to their website, click on scholarships, which I'm doing right now, and it comes up, Minnesota Masonic Charities Scholarships. The deadline is February 29th, so you better hustle your bustle to get that in. If you have questions, you can click on the question, talk to Beth icon right there, and Beth can help you answer any other questions you have. There's student scholarships, community scholarships, matching grants. You can learn more about how they've divvied up over $13 million in scholarships to date. That's Minnesota Masonic. The 2024 Selfless Scholar Award winner. Learn about that. Apply immediately. Time is really running thin. MNMasonicCharities.org. It's a great week, and they're going to pick some great winners. Sound like President Trump. It's tremendous. Uh, a lot Minas of people lot like of people Masonic like money. Yes, cash. Uh, MinnesotaMasonicCharities.org. Latte Schmate. Here's Joe Suchere. We mentioned this at the beginning of the newscast, and it's worth repeating uh, our support and thanks to all of you people that have contributed to the Frontline Foundation on the Garage Logic homepage. We can't thank you enough. Um, we're going to keep this up for another day or two, but the Frontline Foundation began as an attempt to help and support our fallen heroes, including law enforcement officers, firefighters, EMS, and the Minnesota National Guard. They provide support to those who died while in the line of duty by giving benefit payments to dependents of fallen first responders. In addition to providing endowment and support for the families of fallen heroes, the Frontline Foundation will underwrite scholarships and training registration costs for frontline personnel, as well as support preparedness training for safety officers in hospitals, schools, and places of worship. So, again, thank you to all of you GLers that have already contributed. We really appreciate that. But you can do so, again, at garagelogic.com. Well, I've been paying rapt attention to John's news, but I've also been making a list of examples of anti-patriarchal behavior. Uh, hesitancy to prosecute defund the police, the no-bail movement, arresting troopers for doing their job, calling riots peaceful protests so long as the rioters were against law enforcement. Uh, all of this, uh, the, uh, the disregard of the, of the word chief, all of this in contrast to the thousands of people today who think none of those things and are standing outside to honor these fallen law enforcement officers. So there's a real good microscopic look at why there's going to be a reckoning. 
hell, you could name everything that happened during the Minneapolis riots, the Mm -hmm. burning of the third precinct, the failure of the governor to call out the National Guard, and on and on and on, the burning of Lake Street. Reckoning coming. I wish you'd hurry up. In uh, national and international headlines, as expected, Joe Biden and Donald Trump winning their respective primaries in Michigan yesterday. Uh, There were some issues popping up for both, though. A vigorous, uncommitted campaign organized by activists disillusioned with Biden's handling of the war in Gaza made some headway. It had already far uh, surpassed the 10,000 vote margin by which Trump won Michigan in 2016, a goal that had been set by organizers of the protest effort, Biden ending up with 81 percent of the Democratic vote. On the Republican side, Donald Trump's challenger, Nikki Haley, performed well in areas with college towns like Ann Arbor, home to the University of Michigan, and suburbs around Detroit and Grand Rapids. Trump ending up with 68% of the Republican vote, Haley ending up with 27% of the Republican vote. Um, The undecided portion, you said basically that's the the pro-Palestine group? Yeah, they decided to vote uncommitted. Huh. So So we got the old, hey, let's vote for Hamas. Yeah. Yeah, that's a national movement now. Yes. Uh, This morning, Mitch McConnell announcing, uh, he, by the way, is the longest-serving Senate leader in history, maintained his power in the face of dramatic convulsions in the Republican Party for almost two decades. He says he'll step down from that position in November, which is kind of an interesting timing, don't you think, Mm -hmm. since the election's in November? Do you think maybe he's thinking, eh, We're going to lose the Senate anyway. Mm -hmm. I'm just leaving. (laughs) McConnell turned 82 last week, was set to announce his decision in the wake, uh, in the well of the Senate, excuse me, a place where he looked in awe from the backbenches in 1985. His decision punctuates a powerful ideological transition underway in his party from Ronald Reagan's brand of traditional conservatism and strong international alliances to the often fiery isolationist populism of former President Trump. McConnell said he will serve out his Senate term. So he'll still be there a couple of years. His term ends in January of 2027, but he will not uh, lead the Republicans in the Senate. Aides said McConnell's announcement about the leadership post was unrelated to his health. The Kentucky senator had a concussion from a fall last year. And, of course, we all know about the two uh, rather public episodes where he briefly froze up while he was speaking. Somebody hit the pause button. I I need to see a picture of him as a young man. I just saw a video of him. Did he have a chin? From was it 1987? <laughs> basically wow. talking about uh, election integrity. His chin's disappeared. Yeah. Did he have a soul? I'd like to know if when he was 25, 30 years old. Did he have a complete face? See if I can find a photo have. for you. So, uh, guys, have I have the chin. memorial service on right now, and they're walking the colors out the door. The United States flag leading the old traditional Minnesota state flag in second place in front of the fire department and police department flags. Let me add to my list of uh, anti-patriarchy, the American flag. The hysterians will tell you it's triggering. Yeah, and the removing of certain statues, too. Mm -hmm. That list is going to get very long, Joe. I know. I'm going to keep adding to it. Here he is. This must be his high school picture, maybe. (laughs) High school picture. It's his, must be in his yearbook. Is it black and white? Yeah. There's, yeah. A, there's a complete square face there with a chin. Yeah. yeah. He's got a yeah. chin. Yeah. All right. Good. 
A fast-moving wildfire burning through the Texas panhandle grew into the second-largest blaze in that state's history this morning, forcing evacuations and triggering power outages as firefighters struggled to contain the flames. The blaze was a part of a cluster of fires that burned out of control, threatened rural towns in Texas, where local officials spent the night shutting down roads and urging residents to leave their houses. Largest of the fires, which grew to about 800 square miles, jumped into parts of neighboring Oklahoma, remained completely uncontained as dawn broke, according to the Texas A&M Forest Service. Authorities have not said what ignited the fires, but strong winds, dry grass, and the warm temps in that area have fed the blazes. Near Borger, Texas, a community of about 13,000 people, emergency officials at one point late yesterday answered questions from panicked residents during a Facebook live stream and told them to get ready to leave their houses if they had not already left. Alexei Navalny, the Russian opposition leader who died in prison earlier this month, will be buried in Moscow on Friday, his allies said. Uh, that might get a little weird, obviously. The funeral will take place a day after President Vladimir Putin gives his annual address to Russia's Federal Assembly. Even amid an unprecedented Kremlin crackdown on dissent, the scale of the turnout is likely to be an indicator of the strength of opposition to Putin's rule just weeks before the March 17th election that will hand him another six years of power. Hundreds of people have been arrested after laying flowers in Navalny's memory in Moscow and other cities since he died February 16th. Uh, I'm going to trust that this is airworthy. This is from Paul Bloom. Uh, this is audio from Burnsville Police Sergeant Adam. Is it Medlicott, I believe is how you pronounce his last name? Yes. Yep. Okay. I think Paul would have made an excellent sergeant. I'll miss our t midnight talks, Paul. I remember the very first call I went on with Matthew Rugi. I was training a new officer, and Matt had just completed field training himself. We were dispatched to a young lady who was to start an addiction treatment program that day. A van was outside of her house to bring her to the facility, but she had sat down inside a closet and was refusing to leave. I watched Matt and the new officer that I was training work through this car for a call for a while. And it was a disaster. They didn't know what to say or how to say it. And I remember Matt looking back at me. I remember Matt looking back at me with a face that said, I don't know what else to do. That's when I had to step in and I took over all the talking. A little while later, I had talked this young lady out of the house and into the van for treatment. After the call, Matt walked up to me and said, thanks, Adam. Man, I really effed that one up. <laughs> he used the real word, though. <laughs> like any other cop, I said back to him, Yeah, you really did. <laughs> but I also told him that he was young, and he was new to the profession. I'd been doing this for over a decade. You'll learn. You'll grow. You'll get a lot better. I was standing next to him on his last call. But now it was Matt that was doing all the talking. And now it was me that was looking to him for the answer. I believed in him as a crisis negotiator. And everyone here should know he was doing an amazing job of it. You can't reason with evil. You didn't F this one up, Matt. That's pretty good. Maybe that's something Mary Moriality could do uh, for her next career. Maybe she could go into a home and do some crisis negotiation. Yeah, I wanted to play it solely for the you can't reason with evil. No, you can't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and Officer Medlicott is the other officer who was shot that right. recovered that's right. from his wounds, oh, the fellow we just right. heard from.
So, according to a new poll, I don't know that we should like this one, from the Foundation for Individual Rights and Expression, a First Amendment organization, almost a third of all Americans, including similar numbers of Republicans and Democrats, say the First Amendment goes too far in the rights it guarantees. These are the people who are mourning a turkey. More than half agreed that their local community should not allow a public speech that espouses a belief they find offensive. Oh, for Christ's sake. The survey also asked respondents to read a dozen controversial statements and pick the ones they found the most offensive. The most disliked beliefs were that all whites are racist oppressors, followed by statements like America got what it deserved on 9-11 and January 6th was a peaceful protest. The survey then asked respondents whether they'd agree with allowing this opinion to be expressed in different circumstances. Half the respondents said definitely or probably it should not be permitted during a public speech expressing an opinion. 69% said a local college should definitely or probably not allow a professor who holds that opinion to teach there. Over a quarter of respondents said that someone who previously said their offensive opinion should be fired from their job. The results indicate that though the average American is concerned about protecting free speech rights, apparently a significant portion of the population seems poised to welcome increasing censorship. Well, uh, like most polls, it's worth the paper it's printed on. Yeah. Macy's on Tuesday said it plans to close about 150 underperforming stores over the next three years. The struggling retailer's latest effort to energize its business as it seeks to fend off a proposed takeover by activist investors. The department store chain said it plans to focus on expanding its luxury brands, Bloomingdale's and Blue Mercury. Macy's will shutter 50 stores over the next year. Overall, the restructuring plan will leave Macy's with 350 outlets. In an email to Money Watch at CBS, Macy's said it's not disclosing the locations until it decides which ones altogether will be closed. Do we have a Macy's in the Twin Cities? In yeah. the Mall of in America, Mall right? America. America. Yeah. But is, is that a, it? It's a, it's doesn't even compare to what it used to be. It, it's not a elegant event to go there. <laughs> do a lot of do a lot of shopping there, Matthew. There quite often. I spent some time in the female shoe department. <laughs> I won't tell you why. Yeah, that sounds a little weird. Just checking out the latest styles. Oh, I see. And Uh, looking for bunions. Gross. Oh, jeez. Bad year continuing for Colorado Congresswoman Lauren Lauren Boebert. Her 18-year-old son arrested on Tuesday afternoon is facing 22 charges, including several felony charges relating to a string of crimes in her Colorado district. The Rifle Police Department said in a Facebook post the 18-year-old Bobert was arrested after a recent string of vehicle trespass and property thefts in that district. The arrest adds another layer of turmoil to Bobert's campaign. She's not doing well polling-wise. Since she switched districts, she shifted her campaign to Colorado's 4th District, but is polling 4th in Republican primaries in that region. Mm. She mentioned her family troubles and children's future in a Facebook video announcing the decision, calling it a fresh start, allowing a pretty difficult for me and my family, a difficult year to continue. John, you had the Texas fires in your news. I did, yes. Doesn't the Texas panhandle butt up against the Oklahoma panhandle? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. The Texas panhandle runs north-south, and the Oklahoma panhandle runs from east to west. They butt up against each other. True. Correct. And is the Oklahoma panhandle also on fire? 
Well, uh, that uh, that was part of my story, okay, actually. Thank you. The largest of the fires. I've been making which, a patriarch list. I, mm. I, but I he is paying very close attention yeah. to the news. Wrapped, I believe, is the wrapped, word he used, wrapped, wasn't it, Chris? Wrapped, wrapped attention. The largest of the fires, which grew to about 800 square miles, jumped into parts of neighboring Oklahoma and remained completely uncontained as dawn broke today, according to the Texas A&M Forest Service. In your so, mental yes. map, rookie, yep. when you think of the state of Oklahoma in relation to Minnesota, where do you have it? South. Not right, but where do you have it? Directly under Minnesota? Uh, well, Louisiana is directly under Minnesota, a, a little bit to the left, if yeah, I'm facing the map. This way, yeah. The left, yeah. if he's this, facing this the map. Yeah. How way. about using a compass uh, designation? I can't, I've never been able to use the compass. The, uh, is that the thing with the pencil? Oklahoma south and, is a, south and west, is right? a state west of Minnesota. Yes. I, if you, I didn't west. think it was that far but away. But if you drive directly south on 35 yeah. to go to you know Dallas, right. you drive to right through car. Oklahoma. Yeah, but 35 has been, whether whether you know it or not, Swings it's been kind of swinging down Swings and around <laughs> and, and, and trending west. Correct. Yeah. 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 What about the Florida I'm panhandle? Right now. That's uh that's a big panhandle. You've stayed. I have been mm-hmm. there, yes. Yeah, you're right. It, you go out south. But then it's completely yeah. west. To the I left. Had it, I had it what? more closer what? to Arkansas. Now, in your mental map, I find I this one. Cheat. I won't cheat. Okay. Where's where is Peru in relation Ooh. to oh. Minnesota? That's a tough one. Uh, Can you hope please? You go South America, you go this way. That's going to be four states over. That's going to be almost to the coast. Peru is about under Buffalo, New York. Did really? I go the wrong way? Mm-hmm. Wow. I went the wrong way. That'd be what, to the right. What, uh, what brought all this on? Right. I don't know. I like these. These are fun games. Can we do Super Joe's, Bowl? Best Super Joe's Bowl commercials? In- yeah, he's hey, in map, uh, map I, mode. I love, I like the maps. Do you like maps? I like, like I use the Google for the maps. You know what I was uh, doing during all that? I was looking up panhandle because I wasn't really sure what panhandle meant. Well, it looks like a panhandle. <laughs> a, a narrow strip of territory projecting right. from the, the, the main Oklahoma territory. panhandle yeah. really looks like a panhandle. I think the Texas panhandle doesn't look that much like a panhandle. Do you remember the time when... Uh... Okay, <laughs> noted. <laughs> Do you remember the time? I, it might have been a Gretzky story. I don't want to hear you. No, no, it might have been a Gretzky story, and they talked about uh, their swimming pool or the lake in Toronto. And I laughed because it would be, you know, so cold. And then you asked me, do you know how far south Toronto, Toronto is? Toronto is south of the Twin Cities. I know. Yeah. You kind of mocked me for that. Right. I right. thought everything was just ice up there. Right. Johnny, thank you. Is it really? Wow. I didn't know. Okay, that. okay. Since we're going down Let's this road, play the game. oh, here we go. Name the two most northern cities to host a World Series. Oh, probably Minnesota. Uh, cities, sir. Cities. Minneapolis. Yep. Okay. And I'm not going to say Toronto. Uh, did Seattle ever host a World Series? No. Minnesota and uh, Boston. No. Wait, host. Are a you going to say series? Toronto? No. Host a World Series? Yep. Northernmost cities. Well, one's Minneapolis. Yep, yep it sure is. <laughs> well, Toronto was in it in 90. Well, they're not They're not north of Minneapolis. Oh. I, I, Bloomington. Detroit? Bloomington. Are we on the air? Oh, what a trick question. Trick question. You win.
very important. Yeah, I got to get back to the. I'm going to go Joe, read Joe's last column to see how many big words he used. Yep. Same. <laughs> this guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Souchere. Believe that word. <laughs> hey, get this. Go. U.S. Customs and Border Protection say agents at its Grand Forks and International Falls sectors stopped a smuggling attempt at the end of September in northern Minnesota. Hmm. Uh, the custom, the U.S. Customs and Border Protection told Five Eyewitness News, that's right downstairs, yeah. uh, two vehicles were used to illegally cross from Canada into the U.S. with additional people inside on September 25. They were, they were said to have crossed near Rosso, Minnesota. Okay. Border Patrol agents tracked the vehicles to Grigla, Minnesota, at a gas station where they found two vehicles matching the description of the suspect vehicles. Customs Border Patrol said one of the two suspect vehicles left the gas station before the agents arrived. After questioning suspects from the remaining car, Border Patrol arrested four people. Where do you think they were from? El Salvador. China. Canada. Ireland. What? We Ireland. don't want the Irish. Oh, fought and be gone. <laughs> I think Kelsey sent me a great clip from uh, Blazing Saddles. Blazing which, Saddles, Which you sure. can't play, but they're saying, we'll take the bleepers right. and the bleepers, right. but we're yeah. not taking the yeah. Irish. No, we ain't taking no the Irish. No Irish. <laughs> Efforts continued, uh, and an additional eight people, one more from Ireland, and seven from Great Britain were arrested. Wait a minute now. Can't what? you just live in Ireland and fly to New York and be a tourist? I mean, what? You got your passport and yeah. What's the deal here? Can't you that just come weird. to the U.S. if you have your passport? Maybe they don't have pet. Well, in how other they words, would have gotten why to are you illegally entering entering the country as an Irishman? I'm looking for asylum <laughs> and me lucky charms. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they had illegally entered the country. Agents seized one vehicle, and the migrants were taken to be processed at War Road. The community of Beltrami County was, uh, that's coming up on this day in history. The Beltrami County Sheriff's Office also assisted in the investigation. It is currently unknown why the suspects were entering the country. I'm very confused. Anyone could help me, staff? I anyone? Can't help. Can anyone nothing, help me? I got nothing. I don't you know. You live in Dublin. You say, I'm going to go to Chicago for the week. Right. Can't you just do that? Bing, bang, boom. Maybe I'm wondering why, why did they let them get all the way down to Grigla? I don't know. That's way down there. Well, why, why are you even hassling them? You know why? We don't want the Irish. Nope. We don't want them. <laughs> We'll take the so-and-sos and the so-and-sos, which you could never repeat in a movie today. No, you could not. No. And, nope. But we don't want the Irish. Renewal by Anderson brings you only because. Renewal by Anderson, the best windows, patio doors, and what else do they got? They got everything. Entry doors, patio doors, windows. Renewalbyanderson.com slash... Backslash Garage Logic. Only because they come to us. Let's hear it. All the way from their temporary headquarters in Lake Las Vegas, Nevada, from the traveling Lymans. Oh, nuts. I thought I. Uh, you lost it. Uh, thought I had it. Shoot. 
Well, John, you'll have to look it up and help me. Okay. Got her. On this day. February 28th. In 1866, the just aforementioned Beltrami County was formed. Ah. Though settler colonists did not move into the area until 1880s. The county's name honors Italian adventurer Giacomo. Giacomo C. Beltrami, who explored Becker, Beltrami, Benton, Big Stone, Blue Earth, and Brown are your B counties. Uh, Giacomo had explored the region in 1823. Mm. And then I'm good to the end, John. Okay. On this day, 228, in 1872, Minneapolis and St. Anthony were, reuni- were united into one city. Mm. And on this day, Fab in 1891, and I'm a bit puzzled by this, horse car service ended in St. Paul. Not wanted. Had the electric streetcars already been put in place by 1891? I guess. Because you're getting rid of the horses. Mm-hmm. What do they See, do with all the horses then? It's not like you take them to the junkyard. Seriously. What, I mean, there were a lot of horses. What would they do then? I suppose they were given to farms or put okay. out to pasture and had a wonderful life. I, and Matt, I don't know okay. what, what happened to the horses. <laughs> I thought you knew everything. But you have Mysterians who would love to go back to the day of the horses. I don't want to step which, in horse crap. Which only would increase pollution. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine uh, the the horse poop you'd have to shovel up? Yeah, I would not want to do that. Isn't that something? It would add to it, you know, because of all the... But you know what we could do? We could use it as fuel. Horse huh. poop? Maybe. What am I thinking of? I'm thinking of peat. P-E-A-T. Pete who? Pete. Uh, uh, huh? Pete. <laughs> From those Irish we don't want. They brought peat with them. Uh, we don't want the Irish. Who the hell brought peat? What is peat? He's coming down from the border. Sounds to me like it's time to wrap it up, fellas. <laughs> Why don't you just leave then, yeah. Mr. No Fun? <laughs> Mr. Buzzkill? <laughs> Mr. Buzzkill. <laughs> Jesus, we got the Irish coming across. Let me tell you. Uh, let me tell you. Why do you Father McMurphy. Uh-huh. Thank you, G.L. Didn't, yes. didn't he jump out? Did he suffer? No, he jumped out three times to take a leak. Was well, that, that the was guy the guy that... who drowned at the Guinness factory. That's what it was. And they sent uh, they sent John over to Mary's house. Sure, let him know. And he knocked on the door and said, "Mary, I got the bad news." Oh, oh no! Is it about me? Is it about me, John? Yes, uh, he drowned today. Oh, Jesus! Oh, did he no. suffer? Well, he did get out three times to take a leak. Oh, boom, boom, that's what I tell you. Yeah, and he, his cousin. He was with see, his he was cousin. He was trying to drink as much beer. He as was possible. with his cousin, Pat McCrotch. Pat McCrutch? I think Kenny was right. Hey, if you can't get enough of Garage Logic, you should join the thousands of GLers who have found us on YouTube. Just search for Garage Logic Podcast and subscribe for nearly daily content, including the Irish coming across the border. Behind the scenes, full segments, video shorts. That's Garage Logic Podcast on YouTube. This song is this podcast has been going on what seems like a fortnight. Cha. Leave that word. Yeah.